This week on the podcast, we're joined by Nab McTackle, who tells us why you should be playing Marauders. After that, we are talking about the new cloud gaming devices coming from Logitech and Razer. And that's it. It might be a short one, but that doesn't mean we hit any less good. Roll the intro. It's not about the size. It's how you use it. Right now. We can't. I we couldn't understand a word you were saying. By the way, <laughs> there was, there yeah, was that's good. There that I could understand. It was good. High pitched <laughs> auto tune. Yeah, horrible. Yeah, that was probably what you mean. Intro. It is pop music. Oh yeah. yeah okay. Wow. Let me wet my whistle. That sorry. That took a lot uh, out of me. As I say, yeah, that is Mendachi. Definitely like being Reddit metalhead right there. Jesus. <laughs> Hello and welcome yeah. to Next to Nothing, a podcast for gamers on a budget. I am your host, Danny K. With me, as always, the wonderful, the beautiful, the Mr. Green Elite Green. How are you doing today? I am doing pretty good. I cannot complain. I meal prepped today. Don't have my containers. My containers will be here in just a moment. Um, because yeah, I Amazon, but uh, yeah, doing pretty good. Hell yeah. We're also joined by the spooky and the ukulele, the Mendachi. How you doing, Mendachi? Good, man. Got lots of spook in my engine this week. We caught a werewolf by night, which was as good as I hoped it would be. Uh, really, really fun time. And then just before we did our sound check, I caught the first episode of Chainsaw Man, which dropped today on Crunchyroll. And man, that is it is so damn good. Mark my words. It's the next big anime that's coming out. And of course, it's done by Mappa. So, yeah, it's a given. So what I'm hearing, map is killing it right now. Oh, hard. So what I'm hearing is even though that you wanted uh, Chainsaw Man, I'm going to have to wait longer for Jujutsu Kaisen. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I'm going to assume Jujutsu Kaisen probably in first quarter of 2023. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, just sate yourself with Chainsaw Man until <laughs> until then. For sure. Down, download the Viz app on your phone. And read the manga. Could do that. No, I don't like reading. I'm a gamer. <laughs> damn it. We're also joined by Nab McTackle. Nab. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you. How's yeah. it going, guys? It is going fantastic. Nab, for those who have not met you yet, who are you? What do you do? And where can people find you? Hey, so I uh, currently I stream a lot of Stalker Anomaly and other survival uh, games. Uh, sometimes you'll catch me playing Hunt and currently Marauders as well. Um, <clears throat> you can find me at Twitch uh, TV uh, slash Nab underscore McTackle. Um, I don't have too many other social medias. I'm kind of under a rock on those, but uh, still uh, still out here in the Stalker Anomaly scene. So hell yeah, good stuff, man. Not enough love for Stalker, in my opinion, dude. It is one of the best. Uh, universes. I love it so much. Excellent. Excellent. Now, it looks like one of our uh, hosts just walked off, so I'm assuming uh, he is getting his package. Do we want to wait awkwardly waiting for him? Or do we want to just get would, right into That would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. It's like, yeah, he, he put the show on pause, actually. Sorry about that. <laughs> I just love, like, there was no warning. He just, like, ran away. Like, nah, no. I'm not here for the, this. The funny but thing I mean, is that he can hear us, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, to be honest, he did say he didn't like it. But Nab 
you had you had a different experience, didn't you? Well, actually, yeah. what you're talking about. Hold I don't on. know what you're talking about. Marauder? One second. We're putting our, our, our uh, horses before our, our carts here. We need to talk about the question of the week. Oh, yes, yeah. of course. So, of course. How clearly. We forget? There has been a lot of controversy lately about uh, about this, and so we want to talk about this. Um, what cheating prevention measures should be put in place for free-to-play games if a phone number is not okay? Right? So kind of like a little bit of background here. Um, Blizzard Activision for two of their upcoming releases have uh, floated the idea that you will need to uh, two-factor authenticate your uh, account with a phone number. And if you are caught cheating, well, guess what? Your phone number is banned. Can't sign up for another account or buy the game or, you know, whatever with that same phone number. Um, And it has to be a contract phone number. Yeah, no cricket here. No, no jitterbug. Um, right. Which actually, for me, would put me out of uh, most games if that was the standard because I uh, I use Total Wireless. Um, but yeah, uh, that was going to be instituted for uh Overwatch Two. Uh, they walked it back, but it sounds like they're going to institute it for uh Modern Warfare Two excuse me and probably the war zone too as well um so yeah what do you guys think and let us know in the comments or live chat or you can tweet at us greenly hit him with that uh tweeter with that tweeter at at next to nothing pc yes and then uh okay so let's like just go around the horn real quick like what would be your guys's preferred anti-cheat method uh we'll start with nab because this is your question Oh, no. Okay. Well, uh, I actually don't mind the phone number a horrible amount. My biggest issue with the phone number is twofold. The first, um, your current situation what leaves you in, where you, a perfectly normal customer, um, are directly infringed by the mere fact that you use a prepaid phone. Um, That should never happen. Prepaid phones should be fine. This should simply exist, in my opinion, as just another barrier because people that hack are, are less willing to jump over large amounts of barriers to get to another account in my opinion uh as far as like actual solutions i i, I couldn't tell you man there's uh it's, it's really hard people always come up with, like hardware ids uh get get a work around it uh you have ip bands they get they get a work around for it so i'm not i'm not too sure uh, I, I I think the phone number wouldn't be so bad if i could pr- make sure that my information would never be sold Right. That's my biggest issue. I don't like giving out my info just for it to get sold. And I get a text later on spamming me for something. Um, And then I I don't want like a a prepaid phone to be like people shouldn't be punished for their lifestyle, you know? Yeah. Especially because like, you know, as like a a budget focused show, a lot of prepaid services are are a lot more cost effective for people than than contracts are, Um, especially if you're someone who buys your phone outright. Um, if you're not getting locked into a contract to, uh, subsidize your phone, you know, then a lot of times you're, you're in a better deal if you just buy your phone outright and then, you know, swap your Sims over. But, uh, green, what would you, what would you say? Um, I would have to agree. Uh, I think the cell phone idea, like the cell phone number would be a good idea if, but yeah, as they, as long as they don't bar people who are using prepaid plans, um, I mean, one of my 
favorite ways that they instituted a uh, protection against uh, cheaters was uh, Battlefield three and four had you know admins and player owned servers where you could actually ban people um, yourself versus like waiting on the the company or the devs or the the actual game itself to ban people, um, which I thought was really interesting. But I think that that time has gone past. Um, but there's like no game that actually does player owned servers anymore. So, um, but as Nab said, people are uh, very uh, innovative, I should say. Um, and there will always be a workaround. Um, it's when games don't actually institute a, a, uh, actual anti cheat to begin with that really pisses me off. Uh, Warzone original warzone um stuff like that um that because like escape from tarkov is a a big example of like a company doing it wrong because they'll do a wave of bans on off of reports and stuff like that um and then the next day they will put the game up for sale so that way people who got banned for cheating uh, can just buy the game again and cheat again. So it, it's it's shit like that that just frustrates me. Yeah. Mendachi, how about you? Pretty simply put, yet yeah, uh, agree with these two. It really shouldn't be limited to just contract phones. A lot of people out there are using things like Mint Mobile these days, you know, to get away from contracts. Um, these things are really expensive up front as well as over time. So yeah, it's, it's not great. And then when you look at like DRM, you know, whether you're talking about like easy anti-cheat or, uh, de novo things that, you know, are like kernel processes that really just get into the, to the bones of your system to make sure you're not cheating, um, or like make the game run like shit, you know, like these aren't necessarily answers, but they are like band-aids, you know, to, to some of these games. Um, I'm not entirely certain exactly what a good solution would be. It's probably just like, you're going to have to take the bitter pill. Um, but yeah, uh, just so, so crappy, but yeah. Yeah. The only solution I can think of is to just make cheaters' lives really bad. Yeah. Like, make them, uh, you know, make it so they can't shoot. Like, once, once some sort of cheating is detected, make that account basically useless. You know, make it so that mm-hmm. can't, account can't actually enter games. Make it so that that account, like, in, like, but don't, like, outright ban them, right? Make, yeah. make them make them have to realize it over time. That's the only solution I can really think of because we can't sacri- I have a hard time wanting to sacrifice um my privacy and security to companies uh you know providing uh a phone number to a company like it like that just seems like an extra thing that I shouldn't have to do to for a company. I shouldn't have to let some invasive uh uh you know anti-cheat software that probably has links to tencent uh you know root around in all of my programs in all my files um you know (laughs) there's there's a lot of things i would you know not 
just so I can enjoy a game for an issue that really is more on the dev side than it is for us. Um, you know, the devs. So what you're saying is that you would not sacrifice liberty for security? Uh, no what? S- no step on snack? <laughs> no step on snack? But yeah, uh, that that's something that actually I... um. Wasn't there a game not too long ago that kind of shadow banned cheaters, or maybe it was just like a pipe dream that I had where you would just essentially like there would be longer times for you to actually get into a game instead of banning you? You know, it's like, oh, yeah, you got to wait 12 minutes to get into a game. And then when you finally get in, everyone has aim bots. Well, Warzone like, was doing that. Okay. I know they did that in Fall Guys too, but that kind of bit them in the ass because then. It came out with a video. It's like everybody's cheating. Like there was no official statement or anything, right? So one right. guy acts like he's not cheating, and ten other people fly hack forward. It looks really bad when that video hits the top of your subreddit. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Woof. I think another big thing is that uh, I feel like more game devs should go after the the cheat developers themselves. Yeah, you like a lot of these cheat uh clients they're they're in they like the biggest cheaters are doing it for money right like uh well i feel like a large portion of cheaters i don't have numbers on any of this but um i feel like a large portion of cheaters are people that pay money to hack and are just kids trying to have fun or like even adults trying to have fun and they're they have shitty morals right and they they don't care about shitting on other people in a game but there is also a percentage of cheaters, right, that are just financially motivated, right? Like they're selling money in Tarkov, they're they're selling carries, or they're, they're doing whatever, right? The large, like you can get rid of a large portion of hacking if you go for those people that are selling the hacks to like the little script kitties, right? Like you like it should, there should be a lot more investment and resources towards taking these people down because if they can't profit, they're not going to be giving out these hacks just to give them out. Like, no one's oh, going to yeah. spend time coding and developing just to destroy a game, right? Like, maybe, maybe if they're that, like, but if they're not profiting, right, from selling the, the hacks to these low-level hackers, you've t- you've taken out a large percentage of the hacking uh, bay. Yeah. Agreed. That's uh, a really fine point. If I could make a, a, a listening suggestion for our audience, uh, there was a Darknet Diaries episode not too long ago about uh game hackers and their whole their whole uh, business model and shtick which was fairly interesting and i highly recommend but that's our conversation let us know what you guys think about our question of the week this week like what your solutions are let us know in the youtube comments and of course tweet at us but let's talk about marauders let's talk about marauders which i feel like this conversation here today we're either going to walk away with the uh, conclusion that Marauders is the best extraction shooter ever, or it is the worst first-person shooter ever, and I, and I'm very curious to see where this conversation goes. But uh, now I will I will let you uh, talk about uh, Marauders here in a second. I have a little bit of uh, information for folks here first. Marauders is a looter shooter from Small Impact Games and Team Seventeen. It's for Windows PC and is available on Steam for thirty dollars. I haven't seen it on any other uh, marketplace. Have you guys? Uh, no. It was originally on Fig way back when, which is like a small indie kickstarting uh, game funding as a site. But they switched developers to or producers rather to Steam. 
uh, once they got a little bit bigger. Um, gotcha. Um, I do have some specs here. If you are interested in uh, playing the game after this conversation, Windows 10 64-bit, Intel Core i5-6600, and AMD Ryzen 3 1300X for your processors. Those are your minimum processors. Uh, if you're looking at your graphics card, you need a GeForce GTX 960 with 4 gigs of RAM or an AMD R9 4 gigs of RAM. 12 gigs of RAM in your... Uh, in your motherboard there and 10 gigs of hard drive space available. You also need a broadband internet connection. And they do have a note on steam saying that they, uh, that these minimum specifications can change as development continues. So that bear that in mind, if you are running on an older PC, it's possible that this game might outpace your PC, but nap, tell us about Marauders. How does the, what is like the, what is the premise of the game? And like, what is like the core thing that you'll be doing in this game? Awesome. So uh, Marauders is like you said, is a looter shooter, right? Uh, ultimately, you're queuing up for a raid, just like Tarkov or any other extraction shooter, queuing up for that raid, going into the raid, uh, ideally uh, accomplishing something where you kill or find loot and then, and then extracting before the end of the raid timer, right? You have an outside of raid stash, which you can use to gear up your character. And then you continue that loop over and over where you go back into those raids. Uh, sorry. Uh, as far as like uh, what I think makes Marauders different is it has some huge shakeups on the genre, mostly the space fighting. Uh, in Tarkov, for example, just uh, as Tarkov is one of the first ones on the scene, I'll probably be making a lot of comparisons to it. But uh, di uh, different than Tarkov is that this uh, Marauders has two different phases. You have your spaceship phase where you are out um, <clears throat> literally flying in your spaceship, or at least you are a occupant of that. If you maybe if you're not flying, maybe you're repairing or you're part of the crew, uh, if you queued up with, with some friends, right? And uh, you guys are heading towards a POI. Uh, <clears throat> you could get into spaceship fights and, um, and you could die in a spaceship fight before you even get into uh, a gunfight with anybody, right? Uh, which is hugely different than Tarkov. Uh, from there, you have the the chance to breach pod and and try and uh, hijack other players' ships, or you can go into the the points of interest themselves and try and extract loot from those. So I think it has a huge uh, shakeup on that, just be by the fact of the ships alone, right? You have all of that pre-ship combat. You have the ability to see uh, a lot more of what's going on in the uh, in the raid. But, uh, gotcha. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. So how would you, for, for anyone who's just listening to this conversation, how would you describe the aesthetics of Marauders? So Marauders is going for a, a diesel punk, uh, theme. Uh, you'll see that they, the theme of the game is that, or sorry, the, I guess the, the lore of the game is that the, in 1930s, there was some sort of space race and, uh, technology is somewhat halted then. So you'll see the ships, um, and, and space technology, but you'll still see some, some of the older guns, like the Thompson coming in, the PPSH coming in, uh, SVT older guns compared to like more of the sci-fi guns that you would see with this type of genre. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot more low tech. Yeah. It, it's got a very interesting um, kind of like, like you said, like 
turn of the century, you know, 20s, 30s, uh, industrial aesthetic with, um, you know, a lot of steel, rusty steel and grates and like low, low light incandescent bulbs, you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah, so. So with- uh, overall, though, on the graphics, um, it, it does. It definitely leaves leaves you wanting in some areas, right? You can see even from the gameplay we see here, it's definitely not anything like eye candy, right? If you look, we were talking about Shatterline earlier before the podcast started, and you can see just the huge amount of difference in how beautiful a game like that is compared. Like I, I, me as somebody who enjoys Marauders, I would not. If graphics are a huge important key to you, this this probably wouldn't be your game. Yeah, uh, it's it certainly looks dated because there's it's just uh, a. I would say it's definitely a work in progress, though. Uh, when when this, uh, I would I want to say about a year ago, uh, they didn't have any modeling textures or anything. Most things looked like the walls had just like looked like graph paper because it was it was completely unmodeled. So it has significantly improved since I've seen development start. And uh, like you said, like they're saying, they're planning for it to get better. Currently, it only requires a 960, but they're planning to upgrade that, right? So we will see how far the graphics get. But right now, definitely, definitely, uh, just to be completely unbiased, it's it looks like shit. <laughs> Full stop. I, I think yeah, that's like, my there's biggest. No other way to- my biggest gripe. Uh, I like I played this for three hours total. And I think my biggest gripe is that it's aesthetically uh, very unpleasing in, to me. Um, like, just the way, like, like especially when you have a pistol in your hand, um, like, the modeling of, of your arm and the hand and the gun, and then that sway. And then when I launched the game, um, the stock motion blur is heavy. Horrendous. Yes. I don't know why you start with a motion blur on. I it, do not understand. <laughs> this is this is motion blur to the max. Like you you walk and there's fucking motion blur. Like it, it's it's horrendous. I immediately had to turn that off. Is it like it it was it was like really hard on the eyes. Oh yeah. That's how hard the motion blur was. Definitely some there's definitely a lot of room for uh optical improvement here. Um no doubt about that. But I think what makes uh, Marauders good are just its shakeups on the genre. Um, like optics aside, right? Uh, inside of Raid, uh, there's uh, a lot of really cool aspects about it that I that I enjoy, right? Um, there is um, two different ways to exit a raid, or one uh, one way to enter a POI, for example, um, and two different ways to exit. If when you enter a POI, you have to be in a ship. Um, this means that you cannot be in a breach pod, for example. You can't just get out, get into a drop pod, and like drop pod over to the POI. You need to be in your ship until you um, <clears throat> make it to the POI. I think this makes it a lot more fun, makes it so you can't just evade ship combat entirely. And it makes it so some of the um, really cool ships there have some chance to shine, right? I've been taken out before I can even get to the POIs just by someone who had like a really cool, insane ship. They hit me with a, like, I think a nuke or something, it immediately destroyed my ship. Uh, and I had to, I had to drop pot off. I had the option. I could go try and board them, hijack them and have it duke it out with them, try and steal their ship. Or I can just try and reset. Right. Um, I apologize. I got a little bit on a tangent there, uh, <laughs> but, um, the tangents uh, are good. 
<laughs> just that whole shakeup on the genre where you could not even make it into the raid uh and instead you can try and um gain just uh, like space superiority i think is like a huge fun shakeup there and if you're looking for space combat there's no reason that you even have to go into the raid uh you could if you were like looking at yourself as a pilot you could go in with a ship that you start with for free and try and have the fun space battles within here and like if you win against enemy pilots you could steal their ship right well, there's a lot of fun aspects on that, which takes it to more than just like walk into a raid, go hit the most common loot spots, and then extract. Mm. Um, I think another huge thing is like they have like vaults and um, <clears throat> the lockpick rooms. Uh, I think the lockpicks are a really fun shakeup on like keys, for example. Uh, if anybody has um, experience with Tarkov, they'd know that like key rooms are a huge uh, thing, marked keys. Uh, as well as like maybe just in like reserve or otherwise just the, all the correct keys right um they've kind of solved this by making all of the keys consumable in lock picks but then also rather than having like set keys they also have like huge things called like the blowtorch can you can like crack your way into vaults which feels amazing uh you're getting huge amounts of loot it's like a huge risk reward for bringing a blowtorch in versus um <clears throat> just uh going in without it right like if there's been plenty of times where we've cleared the raid but we didn't have a blowtorch so there's a vault sitting there untouched and that honestly feels like a really fun shakeup compared to like how mechanically solved tarkov felt uh where it's just here's my spawn uh the person to my left i if i hold this angle i can i can kill them and then i have the or i have the correct dorm spawn i i'm here and there's no one else that can beat me to it and i i just uh, compared to all of that nonsense, it felt like a really fun, fresh shakeup on the genre. If you can get over the looks, right? Yeah. So. So even there, he just found a blowtorch on the uh, <laughs> uh, on the video gameplay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll crack a vault with it, but that's huge, right? That's like a huge uh, thing in his hand. And now, uh, see if he could uh, crack that vault. He's he's got access to some of the best gear in the game. Yeah. So I'm curious, with this game being, you know, early access uh, and so new, how does it actually feel to play? Like, the, like, do the guns feel correct? How, like, how does, like, combat shake out in terms of, like, favor the shooter and, like, how's the sound design and stuff? Like, how does, when you're actually in the game, does it feel good? Like, does it feel good to play this game? Um, yes and no. There's a, I feel like there's a lot to be desired to be just completely unbiased. Um, there's times where, um, it feels very dated for a in progress game like this. Um, the way that your health is just a static percentage versus being like body part based or anything. Um, the way that <clears throat> just the gunplay feels can feel a little bit dated as well. Um, Hmm. It's a hard one to directly answer on how it can feel dated, right? But, uh, like, for example, if you were to shoot someone in Tarkov, right? If you lean peek and you see them holding their arms um, in front of their head, you feel like if you were to shoot them in the arms, that would be a noticeably different shot than shooting them in the head. It kind of lacks that depth, right? Like, the engine doesn't feel like it's as precise or as just... uh, 
juicy. I don't know how else to put it, right? Like the, the models don't really feel like they're fleshed out in a way where shooting someone kind of gives that same oomph. Like when you when you put a scab down in Tarkov, like it feels good to shoot him. It feels like like his his model, like like shooting him in the head, it feels good. I don't know how to put it other than that. I don't I don't get that feeling from Marauders, right? I I, I like juicy. I'm gonna keep it a juicy. <laughs> that doesn't sound psychopathic. <laughs> so um at least but i think it, i think for that end i think it ties more into the visual aesthetics of it than it does the gameplay it, does, it doesn't work out to be too much worse I, I don't know i i feel like there's a lot to be desired on just like the base combat and stuff but it's a work in progress so yeah, yeah on that note actually if i could step in and step on danny's toes a little bit so I went ahead and did some digging on uh, the developers, Small Impact Games. Small Impact Games gets its name from two of the three people that work there. Uh, two brothers, Mitchell Small and Cameron Small. And then their third one, James Robotham. Robotham? It literally is Robotham. Anyway, so anyway, uh, between the three of them, they have around 20 years of combined experience in the industry working for prestigious companies such as Codemasters, Headstrong Games, Electronic Arts, and Rock City Studios, uh, launching games on iOS, Xbox One, PC, PS4, Steam, and Early Access. So many different downloads, yada, yada, yada. Um, <clears throat> the one thing that I'm really uh, kind of seeing here is that obviously you have a three-person team. One person is programming and concept art. Another one does the animation, UI, and design. The other one picks up character art, VFX, and design. So obviously pretty damn good for like a three person team, especially with like 20 some ish years split between three people. You know, you figure like, what would that be on average? Like round about, yeah, round about seven years a piece. So like they, they obviously like soaked up some of the stuff that they've been doing. And then obviously published by the label also known as team 17, which does a whole bunch of indie games and everything like that. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's kind of interesting. They've done a lot of different games. Uh, they all relatively look like they've had about the same amount of work done on them. Um, so it's, it's one of those things that I, I want to nitpick though. Like obviously you got to sell yourself, but here's what they say about Marauders on their site, cutting edge visuals that deliver on high marketability. The games market is more competitive than ever. And the bar has never been higher. Let us offer affordable eye watering content built with efficient pipelines to ensure the budget is met without sacrificing quality. Marauder is set out to grasp a mainstream visual appeal with elements of hardcore mechanics to provide heart pumping gameplay and endless replayability. Is this something you would like us to create for you? So like what I'm trying to get at here is it sounds like small impact is three homies that know enough between the three of them that they can make a competent game. It might not be like the best or most fun one that you've played, but what they're trying to do is they're trying to create projects, have them finished and in a playable state uh, and be able to say, hey, look at these people who are checking out our games, how many sales we have. You should hire us for your gaming company. So I think that it's not necessarily like three dudes that are like, yeah, dude, small impact games is going places. They're like small impact games is our launching pad. Interesting. That that definitely kind of puts the the idea of the longevity of the game 
in a different perspective as well, which uh, I, I kind of want to ask here real quick. Like there's no, is, is there an additional monetization scheme outside of just the $30 purchase price? Not that I'm aware of it. Um, they don't have any sort of paid cosmetics. They don't have any paid gameplay changes or anything like that. Um, gotcha. Everything is entirely inter- uh, attainable in game. Minus there is a like be- before even the Steam, they have like a backer like thing, just a special thanks to their backers or whatever. Um, but other than that, uh, like that's not even for sale or anything. It's just like a backer reward. Gotcha. But there's nothing that you could physically purchase to to change your gameplay. Mm-hmm. So. Green, I know you have a lot of opinions. I want to get to your opinions here real quick before I before we kind of wrap up this conversation. But yeah, <laughs> you you it, I have kind of felt uh, the the physical biting of the tongue here. So go on ahead. Well, um, well, so just completely opinion based um, on my end. Uh, I've only have three hours into the game, a little under three hours in the game. I bought it yesterday, downloaded it, played it last night and, and early this morning. Um, the concept and like the idea was pretty easy for me to pick up since I've played uh, extract shooters before, like Hunt and and Tarkov. Um, I did like the space combat uh, aspect. Everyone spawns at like one corner of the map, essentially in their spaceship. That was great. Um, once I actually got to the POI, uh, that's when it felt pretty funky to me. Um, uh, in terms of, especially in terms of like the actual visual, um, I had to turn off that motion blur. It was horrible, awful, awful, completely awful. Um, the guns felt pretty good. Um, there are like raiders. There's not like a. There's players that can be in the POI as well. Um, as as well as AI. Um, so that was a pretty pretty fun mix, uh, very reminiscent of Tarkov with scaps. Um, I I don't want to say I hate this game because I only have three hours into it, um, but there it there's just something that feels lacking with it, um, especially when it comes to like the gameplay loop. Um, I haven't gotten to the point where like I busted into a vault yet or anything like that. Um, and I've only played solo, so this is more of an on me kind of thing. Um, but there's just something about the the mix of the, the visual versus like the the gameplay loop that just was lacking. And and I might not be the only one. I might maybe the only person who feels it this way. But um, I definitely need to get to in, into a group to play this game. Um, just so that way I can get like that full experience. Like. I find the combat is relatively easy in terms of like killing people. Um, the time to kill is pretty pretty decent, um, especially with like the Uzi or or like the SV uh, rifle stuff like that. Um, this game kind of handles like Tarkov, where it doesn't like give you any training wheels. Um, it just gives you essentially an, an intro video. Um, a YouTube intro video from I can't remember who was it. Uh, Psycho Ghost, I think. Yes, yeah, Psycho Ghost. That's right. Um, where it's like this is how you play Marauders, and then that's it. So, um, it, I, I I'm always an advocate for tutorials in games, especially when they're like those h- hardcore games. But 
um uh i i would say the video was pretty sufficient um i also watched people play the beta so um i i, I feel like this game and need more time with it and also the devs need more time to put more stuff in and into it um right as i said right now it just feels it feels like there's something missing and i don't i can't really put my finger on what is what it is that is missing itself you know what i mean yeah i i know exactly what you're talking about i feel like it's that juice i was talking about like when mm -hmm. you shoot someone it doesn't really feel like when you put a like it doesn't matter what gun you have in tarkov it feel like the immersion is there when you pull mm -hmm. your you put your game your gun up to your eyes you know you aim down sight and you can shoot somebody it feels like you shot that guy uh and yeah. this one it, it doesn't it, it's missing the juiciness of it like you can pull up your gun you can full auto somebody they're dead on the floor there but it it didn't feel the same yeah it's like uh one match i it was the prison match at the prison poi and like i mowed down 10 prisoners who were running at me with knives and and clubs and shit and i it's like i, I felt nothing i felt absolutely nothing <laughs> and i <laughs> damn prisoners need to be put down god damn it <laughs> the, the out of context i'm clipping that out of context <laughs> i felt nothing <laughs> Oh, God. He's a goddamn sociopath. We finally I found just, out. He finally just, said it. Relax. I just want to take some pictures. Okay. Okay, guy. Back, back, back into the cage. <laughs> Anyways, no, I, I don't know. I just uh, uh, that's pretty much it for me. Like I, I just feel like there's there's some it needs a little bit more razzle dazzle. I was definitely surprised when I saw them. Like they, I want to say they put it out for steam early access like what like f four months ago now or so maybe yeah, before that so. like four or five months ago and i was definitely really surprised when they um put that out it definitely has a new sheen on it since when the, um since the uh they had a build on discord but man more development time more time in the oven is is what this game needs because i've seen how far it's come uh they had a a no stream disclaimer or whatever so you don't really have any videos too much of what it looked like back then but how far it's come it's it, it definitely is making a huge amount of progress but where it is right now you could definitely be left where like green is where it's just it's not satisfying to to kill someone and if it's not satisfying to kill someone then the gameplay loop kind of falls apart right um yeah so that kind of brings me to the the last question I really have about this game, which is, is it worth buying now? Is it worth waiting for a sale or maybe waiting for another update? Or is it worth waiting for it to come to a service like Game Pass? Like for you, Nab, what would you say to people who are interested in this game? Buy now, wait for a sale, wait for an update, or uh wait for it to come to a service i highly doubt it'll ever come to a service like live service right uh, like xbox game pass just from the shakeout of the small indie company there and and what type of game it is right uh but if it was coming down to um buying full price now or versus on sale later you would have to ask yourself the question of um what type of player base uh, am I wanting to play against? And like right now is probably the largest player base it's going to have for a while before it starts to slowly dwindle. 
Uh, if you're looking, if when you get it on sale, um, if it goes on sale, it's probably the result of a declining player base, in my opinion. If you're if you're looking to simply have fun with like a new style of extraction shooter, um, thirty dollars is a lot to ask for like um, kind of like a frugal progress. You know what I mean? So I don't know if that's worth it for where the game states is right now. Um, later on would probably be better to be completely honest. But it's still I, I'm still enjoying it right now. I still play it. Uh, I was playing it just before, so uh, could go either way, I guess. Okay. My opinion. Mm-hmm. I am sad that I paid thirty dollars for this game. Wow. Mm-hmm. I I would have been more content if it was like twenty dollars. Uh, like $10 a, there was too a, much. I think it was like uh, I would say like an hour into the game, I genuinely considered doing a refund. Mm. Just because like it it just didn't it didn't feel crispy. I don't, I don't know. There was just something about it. And like, I, I had to tell myself, like, it just came out on early access. Um, they had that beta a while ago. This, this game is, is still rolling out. That's like what stopped me from like requesting the refund. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping to see more from this that will make it feel like it's worth like a hundred percent worth the three, uh, 30 bucks. Just right now, for me, it doesn't feel like it's worth $30. Do you think that your opinion would have changed if you had played it with a group of friends and had, like, not not even people that knew what they were doing, right? But, like, say it was just you, Baz, and Mac. Mm-hmm. Like you guys were I, just, do you think it would have been different? It, it probably. I probably would have had more fun. Okay. So. It would have been said, easier to joke off, like, the. the yeah. Uh, emotion blur and the yeah. arm. The arm like, flailing, like uh-huh. you hold the the pistol like uh, a foot off of center mass, and you're just like when you're running. It's it's like, <laughs> so yeah. Like as I said, like this is all completely personal opinion based on okay. a solo experience. Mm-hmm. I think definitely if you are gonna buy it now, you should be prepared for a buggy experience. You should be prepared for like a really early access experience. And you should be prepared to like, it's it's a small development team, right? Um, you you're looking at a time frame of like a year from now, the game is a lot significantly better, but it's definitely not happening next week, right? Yeah. Uh, the game will always be available, and there probably will be a sale, right? So there's no harm in waiting if you if you're budget minded at all. Excellent. Well, from that, you know, if you're gonna wait for it. You know, maybe uh, add it to your to your Steam account, access it on GeForce now, and play it on your brand new Logitech Razor Edge <laughs> device thingy. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, right. Um, Go on. <laughs> yeah, so Stadia may be dead, but game streaming doesn't seem to be. And companies are trying to capture the handheld gamers. As fast as they can with new pro- with a brand new product class that has almost sprung up overnight. Just recently, Logitech confirmed that they would be releasing their first Android-based cloud streaming handheld called the G Cloud, not to be um, which you know, not to be 
uh, confused for the thing that most men can't find. Uh, <laughs> but not to be outdone, uh, Razer has announced that the Razer Edge 5G in partnership with Verizon is coming as well. So what are these devices and what can we expect from them? Right, I think that's a big question that a lot of people will probably want to have answered. So let's start with the Logitech G Cloud first. It will pause. Be... Yes. Get out of here with that stupid joke. Oh, continue. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, G Cloud. It's going to be a similar form factor to the Switch and or Stream Deck, right? So you can kind of imagine that type of device in your hand. Uh, it's going to be equipped with a Qualcomm Snapdragon 720G, which is apparently uh, very similar to what is in the Google Pixel 5a, according to Ars Technica. It's going to come with a 7-inch, 60-hertz, full HD LCD screen. It's going to have 4 gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of onboard storage, and a micro SD slot, so that you can do some uh, on-device on gaming. Um, it's going to have a USB-C port for charging, stereo speakers, 3.5 millimeter headphone jack. So it's already got a leg up on iPhones. Uh, and unfortunately, there will not be video out support. So you can't dock it or, you know, display it on a larger screen or anything like that. Um, according to Logitech, you should be able to play games from Xbox, GeForce Now, and Steam Link. Which is kind of interesting because they snubbed Luna. Um, but in theory, you should be able to access Luna there, which is Amazon's cloud gaming service. Uh, so just like on on its face, Logitech G Cloud, any immediate like gut feelings on it, Green? No, no, not off the top of my head, no. No first impressions. Nab, how about you? How do those specs sound to you? Uh, I mean, the specs sound good, right? I'm, I'm happy it has the headphone jack. Oh, man. Uh, if, if, if they had continued with this trend of not putting a jack in devices, I would be extremely frustrated or some sort of, like, specific type of heads, headphone jack. But uh, the specs, I, I don't ever uh, console game too much, so ultimately, I if it plays right <laughs> yeah mendachi how about you anything that that this does for you at all uh i find it pretty interesting the the fact that they are going with like a micro sd slot i wonder if that means that we could actually um just pump it full of uh fantastic emulators like pcsx you know things like that uh wonder if this could just be a handheld emulator guy like walk around with your PSP Vita Boy Ultra XL new. Yeah. yeah that's and, not that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, and I I mean I have some thoughts on emulation devices that I, I think are definitely warranted in this conversation that we'll talk about here in a little bit. There's nothing yes. here that like strikes me as like overly interesting. Um this one to me, like just reading it and then we'll we'll compare it to the razor here in a second. But like it just doesn't sound very premium. It doesn't sound like it's going it like it's going to be a device that's really worth getting. It feels like something almost that you'd get off of Alibaba. 
Oh yeah. The, but the the real the real like buy or pass is going to be all right, let me see the price tag, man, cuz yeah. like this is like you said, this is vanilla. This is base. This is literally white bread. Give me the condiments, the meat, the cheese. What else you got? Yeah, uh and I don't I didn't write it down in my notes. Uh I don't know what the Logitech Oh, it's going to be uh it it's retailing for $300. That's not bad, but like twenty nine ninety nine. I got, I've, I've got, I got one of these. This is fine. This is cool exclusives on this, you know. Yeah, and you don't need what a streaming service for that either. Yeah, yeah. And like, by the way, on, the man. the this is his Nintendo Switch. But okay, so let's talk. Oh, about Oh yeah, the that's Razor. right. Audio <laughs> medium. <laughs> let's talk about the Razer. Like, is it any sharper than uh, what Logitech's offering? Go ahead, Boomy. Do it. Oh, fuck you, dude. I'm not even gonna <laughs> boot you. I'm just gonna tell you fuck you. It's deserved though. It's bad. So, according according to Razor. <laughs> My brain hurts. I just want to point out that uh entertainment is anything that makes you feel emotions, and if that emotion is cringe, <laughs> you know, I'm still technically providing entertainment. Anyways. Uh, according to Razer, this is going to be, quote, the world's first 5G mobile gaming handheld. And that's why they're also partnering with Verizon. Uh, the uh, Edge 5G will come equipped with the Snapdragon. Uh, Snapdragon. <laughs> Snapdragon. <laughs> yeah. Snapdragon idea. <laughs> um, Snapdragon G3X Gen 1 gaming platform, which uh, I think is the like one of their top of the line processors. I don't know mobile processors like at all. Um, it'll feature a 6.65 inch OLED screen, 120 Hertz, as well as a theoretical support, according to Ars Tactica for 4k, a built-in uh, 1080p webcam, Snapdragon sound four-way speaker, and is going to feature video out via USB-C. So you could, uh, you know, project that out to a TV or to a larger monitor if you wanted to. Uh, Razer has said that they're going to show off more at their RazorCon event this Saturday. So we'll, we'll get more information as that comes about. And I'm going to assume that this device will probably have access to all the other streaming services that the Logitech has. You know, it's Xbox Cloud, uh, GeForce Now, Stadia maybe while it exists. Um... I would, you know, hope that maybe it could still access like Luna and and others. Um, yeah, like this one to me feels way more like top of the line and premium, which is what Razer is mm -hmm. known for. Like Logitech uh, is not known for that. It's going to have the premium price tag on it for sure. Yeah, especially oh, yeah, with dude. it being a 5G and going through Verizon. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Verizon's. Uh, uh, service i have verizon i spend a lot of money every month on verizon uh, because i have two ipads um a smart watch and four phones on my my plan Jeez, yeah, four boy, phones on my plan yeah so like i, I pay a yeah, lot dude. and i can already tell that this is like especially if it goes through the, the verizon model of like you can pay uh like monthly for to pay it off essentially finance the 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 equipment um i could see this thing going for like at least eight hundred dollars if not more 
Yeah. Because it is on a uh oh um a plan, a five G plan. Yeah. And I Well that what they're they're gonna market it against is like the current price of a gaming graphics card, right? Or a console. It's like this is the entire experience in that one thing, right? So it's never it's gonna be never a little bit cheaper, like a little bit cheaper at best, but never never cheaper than that. Well, if you think about it too, like it's it's uh essentially it, with it being in the mobile market, we have to compare it to mobile phones um, and like Samsung phones and, and uh, Apple are going for over a thousand dollars. So being on a, on an actual, you know, you know, a cellular line, they might try to price it to that, which would be very scary for something that's not actually going to be a phone. Yeah. Which someone had, uh, I think it was in the Ars Technica um, article, but they had mentioned that, like, the, I think it was like the PS Vita, uh, they had introduced SIM support through, I think, Verizon or AT&T. And it, like, yeah, dude, it was something. Yeah. And, like, so that was, like, the first real stab at, at something like that, but it, uh, People had kind of like some some folks had tried to make a go of it as like a cell phone replacement. Like, why carry a cell phone and this if I can just carry this? And I don't don't think that worked out very well for them. Probably um, not. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they price this to match top of the line cell phones. Um, I also see. I also think Razer is probably looking at this more as a steam deck competitor than anything below that like i don't think they're seeing this as a switch competitor and i don't think they're seeing this as a as even like a competitor with this new logitech device even though they are functionally going to be the same thing the logitech just isn't going to have uh cellular support yet um i think Ste- i think razor is looking at this as like hey steam deck and phones that's our target audience like why buy a Steam Deck when you can buy this? Um. So yeah, and we'll we'll know more about it for sure in terms of performance and like all the other features. And I, I don't even have an MSRP for the uh, for the uh, Razer Edge. Um, we'll know Saturday. We'll know Saturday. You know, it will be marked at a lot dollars and be yeah. possibly cooler than the Nokia N gauge. Because <laughs> we had to compete with two uh, names here. We had uh, Razer, the markup for it being Razer, and the markup for it being Verizon. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. a two for one right there. So yeah, I the the conversation I want to have is I and I'm curious how you guys think of these class of device class of devices, right? These streaming focused handhelds. Will these like will this new class of device be popular enough and will they work consistently enough for someone to want to purchase them in the future? Or should people just stick to the to the you know main handhelds, the switch, the steam steam deck, even like the retro handhelds that that's a huge market of like Raspberry Pi and Android emulator devices that you can that you can get. Um yeah, like what what do you guys think 
about this class of devices? Do they have longevity? Do you think they're going to survive? Or do you think the other options are better? Uh, I also want to know from our audience. Let us know in in the uh, live stream chat what you guys think. If uh, Also let us know in the YouTube comments. And, of course, tweet at us at Next to Nothing PC. But, uh, Nab, I'm going to start with you. What do you think about this class of devices? Uh, ultimately, I, I, I don't know how long they'll be here to stay. Um, they're too big to fit in your pocket, realistically. Like I'm looking at this picture. Like, bringing one around is is going to be kind of an issue. I, I, don't, I don't know, ultimately, uh, where this breaks in, you know? Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm uh, <laughs> old on that. But uh, I don't see enough upside to it to where um, it's different than what it's, what's out there currently. Um, it's not how I personally game, so it's hard for me to, to give an opinion on it as well. How about you, Mandachi? What do you think? So I'm probably going to be the odd man here. Uh, I've had a lot of handheld gaming systems. And obviously, like, you know, I still have my Switch and that still gets plenty of use. But um, going, you know, from... I don't think I skipped a single adaptation of Nintendo handheld. Um, and, like, even went down, like, Game Gear, had a PS Vita, uh, so on and so forth. So, like, as far as this goes, obviously the biggest thing is how easy is it to to lug around? That's number one. If, uh, like, you know, if it's either you're holding it like this everywhere you go, or you got to be ready to, like, look like you're going to a grill out. You know, you got your Skechers on, you got your cargo shorts and your t-shirt you got you know like your dad bod going and you can stuff that guy like in the uh, giant cargo pocket on your shorts sure dude you know uh give me a sick wallet chain for it you know but um no i i think that the the biggest drawback here is actually uh what they are playing at being their their strongest uh i guess give as far as that goes their edge if you will 5g only works really well in metropolitan cities and nab i don't know where you are exactly but like where danny and i are there's there's cell phone towers sure but there's also a lot of corn and empty space and not a lot of people and the way that cell phone towers work is you need a lot of people and you need more cell phone towers than what we've got. So I can't really see it being good for anyone that's outside of metropolitan cities, um, at least denser cities, you know. So I I just I can see this being not so good. Uh, I'd, I really don't think that they would um, be able to comp the cost of making these things versus how much they'll actually be able to sell. I think that when it does launch, uh, the people that will have the money for the edge uh, that do buy it and are not in these larger cities with a good access to 5G networks um, or even reliable 4G, I, I think we're going to see a lot of complaints coming out about it. I think with Logitech, it's going to be like, yeah, dude, I have a Logitech thing. It's cool. Uh, and, and then they will immediately start talking about all of the other random stuff that they were able to like load onto it you know i i think that's what it's going to be it the logitech handheld guy is going to be the amazon fire stick of handheld gaming um and then the razor will just be like this is really expensive and 
not necessarily reliable. It sounds counterintuitive, but I feel like they would be much uh, they, they would have more sales if they went PS Vita route and they had some that are Wi-Fi and then some that are Wi-Fi with, uh, um, you know, like the, the cell phone coverage and really put that out there front and center. Like, hey, yeah, this also is Wi-Fi. Don't worry. You know what I mean? So I, I think that a lot of this is really going to depend on um, people that are in these larger places, buying them and having a good time to outweigh the people that aren't and don't. Yeah, the whole thing kind of falls apart if you don't have 5G, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It becomes a, a, a big brick in your giant cargo shorts, in your jorts, if you will. Green, how about you? What do you think of this class of devices? Um, I think this class of device could, and you're going to hear it first, uh, this could potentially be the main way to play games in 20 to 30 years. <laughs> if, if, and that's a big if, there, there's a lot of factors that come into play. One of the main ones, the biggest one, if you will, is like the infrastructure when it comes to the internet. Mm-hmm. So, so like if like we get rid of this whole non-competitor, uh, competitive like uh, internet infrastructure program that we have right now with like the bare minimum in the U.S. Right, like oh we offer one gig now of coaxial, right? Uh, and actually get with the program like like South Korea who has like fiber everywhere, right? Um, so like the Wi-Fi is actually good. Um, the, then cloud gaming could, in fact, be like the the king in twenty or thirty years. Um, I agree. For with now, that, actually, yeah. For now, it's it's just not. So, um, I, I would I would like to see, um, them more geared, like especially right now, to like actually physically playing the game on that piece of hardware you know um i'm not huge into cloud gaming right now especially as i said with with how the internet is and and uh latency and all the fancy words but uh yeah for right now no it's not great yeah it's sorry it's like a huge thing though right like investing in that kind of thing google stadia just canceled like their biggest one Uh, you don't want to get stuck with something that's not going to be supported in the future either, right? We we talked about it last week about Stadia. Um, and I think the biggest thing is Google doesn't or is, is notor- notorious for canning stuff that's not working out right now. So, like, as long as, like, Amazon sticks to their gun with Luna and, and GeForce now holds out, I, I can see this becoming an actual thing. A lot, a lot more like companies are trying to get into the the whole cloud gaming, like especially with Xbox in the in the ring. So it, it, I I really think it could be like the way people game in twenty years. Yeah, it just we're such in that like adopters phase right now. Like the device makes sense, mobile wise i don't know if that's necessarily something that like anyone's really calling for because phones can access most of the streaming services and 
really and there's rumors i mean just with uh phil spencer's uh you know tribute to bethesda's 25 year anniversary there's a lot of people talking about uh oh look it might be like a like a prototype or a tease of the next xbox uh device which is rumored to be a streaming thing like that's been a thing that's been in the rounds the last couple of days um so i think really like the home market is the better option i would be more willing to buy like an xbox uh like cloud gaming device you know to like put in the living room because i already have like my pc so why should i you know, maybe why should I buy like a whole other console or something like that when maybe I just want to access the games I can on GeForce now or on Xbox with my, uh, you know, with my little Xbox device. Um, so I, I'm not even sure if like the mobile cloud gaming devices will will be all that great over the next couple uh, years, but it's interesting to see the the class of device start. Uh, with with two very uh, different options um, and I'm very curious to see how it's going to compete with like the uh, emulated uh, handheld devices that are becoming increasingly popular for very cheap like you can get a lot of those uh, those emulation devices for less than 50 bucks so anything else on this topic mm. No, other than I did, I did think that it was funny that uh, people had spotted a Nintendo Switch emulator on uh, the uh, Steam Deck's um, kind of like promo art for like its uh, like dashboard. Someone's like, "Hey, hey, isn't that the thing for the Switch games?" And they're like, "No," and they immediately deleted it and then replaced the image with Portal Two. Hmm. Yeah, so. <laughs> these these things these things do go hand in hand with emulators as well so i mean like it is kind of cool that we do have something that could potentially be like mobile and uh you know like a place where games could go to like not be forgotten you know and despite you know however you may feel about emulation or not um but there are there are some cool uses i don't i don't think that we're going to see exclusives by any means but it'll be a different way to play games that's about it man yeah um do we want to wrap up the show then yeah yes sir i'm hungry <laughs> well thank you for having me guys yeah nab for the folks out there who have uh maybe missed the the uh top of the show or have not met you yet who are you what do you do and where can people find you hey so i currently am streaming star uh stalker anomaly streamer uh, you can find me over at Twitch at uh, Twitch TV uh, slash Nab underscore McTackle. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Green, what's coming up on your channel? Um, mainly going to be playing Hunt Showdown because um, I am a, a, a hoe for the hoedown. Um, but yeah, you can catch me at twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Green Elite. Also on uh, Twitter, Instagram, all the fancy TikToks and stuff like that. All these new computer social media dragons. All at Mr. Green Elite. Mendachi. Hey, oh, yeah. So, uh, me and a couple friends were lucky enough to get into the uh, Dark Tide beta, and that is happening this weekend. And uh, people who did get beta keys, we do have the go ahead. If I remember right, I'm going to have to double check, but I believe we can stream it and we can talk about it. So, I, I haven't streamed in a while because I've been a full-time student, uh, but 
I'm going to make some time. I'm going to do some homework ahead of time, and we're going to stream Dark Tide. So if you're curious at all about gameplay, how it may run on your system, or like, you know, just what general uh, flow looks like, you can check that out on my Twitch channel this weekend. That's twitch.tv backslash Mendachi, M-E-N-D-A-C-I-I. Uh, otherwise, I've got a double header that I'm going to be doing commentary for for my university's esports team. You can check that out on Twitch at Upper Iowa Esports. Uh, so that's two Rocket League tournament games uh, in the collegiate level. So if you're curious about that, check that out. Otherwise, everything that I do is always on my Twitter, which is at only Mendachi. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm actually not doing anything pretty much for the rest of this week. Uh, I, I will start back up next week. Uh, my fiance is in town and I am spending quality time with her. Damn it. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Uh, Good for you. Yeah. Before totally, she... totally real fiance. Totally real. real fiance. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I am spending quality time with her before she heads back to her contract. Um. So yeah, that's what I've got going on. You guys can uh, hang out with me on Twitter though. Uh, see all the dumb shit I get into on on Twitter. This week was a fucking hell, fucking scape. Anyways, find me on Twitter at Danny K D A N I E C A E, and uh, follow us on follow the podcast on Twitter too. Greenly hit him with that. Next to nothing PC at next to nothing PC at next to nothing PC. Got to get PC. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's going to wrap up the show this week. Thanks for watching and listening. Your time with us is always appreciated, but we're not just interested in your time and your attention. Okay? We're not selfish like that. We want your money. We want you. <laughs> that's right. We want your <laughs> No, we want your thoughts and opinions on basically everything that we talked about this week, including our question of the week, which is what cheating prevention measures should be put in place for game for free-to-play games if a phone number is not okay? Go ahead and answer that in the YouTube comments or again, tweet at us. If you like what we do, make sure that you drop a comment or uh, hit like on Facebook or share. Uh, Shares appreciated as well as retweets. And if you missed us uh, during any part of the live show, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found. If you're joining us on those platforms, join us live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Next to Nothing Network on Twitch. And uh, otherwise, until next week, stay safe, stay healthy, keep fighting the good fights, and we'll talk to you guys again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. I love you. Later.